0: You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. My name is Richard Stamen, and this is the very first episode of mine. After the 2021 NBA draft, and while you would think that maybe this means time to rest up and look forward to the next class, you're pretty wrong. I'm going to go over some of what I've found to be surprising, big wins, um, big losses in the draft, really just some key takeaways and everything like that, as well as preview some of the summer league rosters and, and what to expect from what we've seen so far. And then lastly, I'm going to stick to my name. Um, You know, if you follow me on Twitter, it's Magic and Mavs Draft. I'm going to recap a little bit of what I liked from both of the Mavs and Magic in this draft. But this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So the 2021 NBA Draft took place on Thursday, and, and in case you didn't see it, Uh, most of it went chalk until number four. So really none of it actually went chalk. So at number four, uh, obviously the top three are Cade, Jalen and Jalen Green, Evan Mobley and then Scotty Barnes went and then Jalen Suggs at five. I think that is automatically the win of the draft, no matter the position. Um, the other big thing that I think everyone has talked to talked about ad nauseum is how Sharif Cooper fell. Um, Just real quick, my take on that is that I think it's his inability to play off ball. His frame is really unfavoring. And I don't know how that combination works out in the NBA. It's it's hard to be a non-shooter who can't play off ball, is ball dominant, and doesn't play that great of defense due to his frame. So I get the concerns. I thought 48 was a tad extreme. I really thought he wouldn't get past the Knicks in that second pick at 36. But I do like the Miles McBride pick. So what I want to do is just go over a little bit of some of the surprises, and then I'll give a winner who I found to be the biggest winner and the biggest loser in the draft. So I think the biggest surprise definitely was Josh Primo. I don't think I need to spend a ton of time talking about how nobody expected him to go lottery. I had him going 20th to Atlanta uh, most of the year, 26th to Denver, somewhere in that range. So I actually don't think it was a terrible pick, especially going to San Antonio. It's a great spot for him to develop. The bigger surprise to me was Zaire Williams going at 10. And spoiler alert, they're one of my biggest losers of the draft because they took on Eric Bledsoe's contract. They took on... And actually, before I get to Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe's contract isn't that bad. It's just... And I don't think he actually is as bad as he was this last year. I don't think he can get worse. Um, I do think, though, that it was risky to take him on along with Steven Adams. And you hoped that you would get a a better player than Zaire Williams, that you could have taken at 17. That's something that I think is pretty universally accepted that if it wasn't Orlando, they he wasn't going lottery, and then Memphis decided to jump in and change that narrative. Um, another team who I wasn't, or I guess not, I'm, I'll say that for a second, but another surprise for me was Jalen Johnson actually slipping. That was something Draft Twitter had, I think for the most part, kind of been in agreement on. Um, maybe I was blinded by my own bias, but I had Jalen Johnson going 20th. That's where I had him on my board. It seemed like a seamless fit for the slide to stop. Um, I was a little bit surprised about Uzman Garuba, Isaiah Jackson, and Kai Jones, all of them, and Shingun, none of them going lottery. You know, there was only, I mean, depending on how you define the word big, three bigs that went in the lottery, which would be Franz Wagner, who's pretty much a forward more than a big. Scotty Barnes, who also is more of a forward than a big, but he might be forced to play big because of his skill set. And then Evan Mobley. So we continue to see the trend of big men not being the most coveted trait or you know position in the NBA. And I think that's a lesson when you're creating mock drafts, when in doubt, probably go against the bigs because um, they keep sliding and. The, not a single one of them went uh, top 15. So of those four guys, that's a an all five, all four, excuse me, I thought could have gone uh, in the lottery. The other surprise to me was Isaiah Todd actually slipping to 31. I know it's not a drastic uh, difference, but you know, I thought he was someone who was a lock to go first round just because the G league tougher competition, the shot making, the, the unique offensive upside as a four. I really thought that would actually kind of favor him and get up there. But one pick into the second, like literally the very first pick in the second round. It's pretty much one same thing. Uh, JT Thor, I thought also would be a first round pick. I thought his upside that he's oozing very clearly would have gotten him higher. Uh, I was a little bit surprised to see Greg Brown goes high as 43 when Kessler Edwards was there, Thought for um, a Portland team that made very little sense to have gone for a swing for the fences that in my opinion is very low likelihood to even hit. So they could have had Kessler Edwards, someone who fills a need immediately. And if they're trying to save that Dame CJ core, you know, Kessler Edwards is a nice day one rotation player who while he's probably the, at very end of the rotation, he can still pop in and be an impact player. Um, <clears throat> keep going down the list something, that else, something else that was very surprising was Philip um at 50 but the bigger surprise about him was that he was announced that they're stashing him so I guess he's staying over in Europe I thought that was very surprising I thought the intent had clearly been play a year in Europe, come back and then be a year one guy because he's good enough to be a year one guy um, but alas, I was proven wrong uh, actually one pick before him Zegarowski for the Nets from Creighton I was very shocked to see him drafted. I don't like his frame shooting combination. Uh, don't think he's a point guard. Don't think he's a shooting guard and he's 6'2". It's pretty tough, but I understand why the Nets uh, made that swing. And then Jericho Sims falling to 58. That was a steal. That was an absolute steal for the Knicks uh, to squeeze him in there. And then the last to close out like a bit of the surprises, and then I'll do my winners and losers. Raphael tried saying it on his show yesterday, and I've watched him plenty where I should be able to say. I think it's Kowalski's. Uh, some It's um, the kid from Greece. I, I don't want to botch his name any more than I already have. I liked him for the last two years. And then this year, I never even saw his name pop up. He would have been on my board, top 100, but he probably won't ever play in the NBA. So not really worth investing a ton of time in, but I was very surprised to see that he was in the draft, because I honestly had no idea. So to get to the winners and losers, I'm going to start with the losers of this draft. Um, I think this one actually is pretty clearly handed to me and it, it hurts because for the last few years, they've been crowned the winners of the draft. And I, I just, they made some head scratching um, picks. And honestly, I just, I don't understand why they took those risks. I think they weren't the best calculated risks that they could have taken. I, I really like praising Memphis and everything they've done. But the Grizzlies, what are they doing? Like, my, my whole concern is the value they got with these guys. Not that they took Santi Dama, not that they took Zaire Williams. That's not an issue. Taking Zaire Williams at 10 is a very risky pick especially because, like I said, you had to take on Steven Adams' massive contract and Eric Bledsoe's. Neither of those were positive contracts. They took salary dumps to move up to take a guy they could have taken at 17. That was weird to me. The other thing being Santi Aldama, I watched a few of his games. I watched a couple median, a couple low-end, and a couple high-end outcomes. And he struggled to shoot over defenders at times. I just don't know if his game scales up. I think you could have taken him very late second round. Obviously, you know, on the ESPN broadcast, they talked about how he was a bit of a mystery. Through workouts, he stopped working out for teams. He said he wanted to play in Spain. Who knows? But I don't think they needed to take him at thirty. Give him a guaranteed con. Or well, I don't know how it necessarily works with if they stash him, but at thirty, giving him a first round pick was weird to me. My, I mean, Jared Butler was there. Miles McBride was there. Jeremiah Robinson Earl was there, who is a much better power forward. Isaiah Todd, there were better picks. I didn't like that. Um, The other, it's honestly very hard to find a second loser. They're probably, like, we don't know. We don't know about how the future of this draft looks enough to, in my opinion, to crown winners and losers, even though I just did. But the whole idea is just very silly. Things look different now than they do in even one year Um, I think Memphis is the only team that really had a head-scratching series of picks. The Knicks, I didn't like what they got for their assets, but overall, I like the draft, so it's fine. Um, The two teams who I like the draft the most, I actually really... This one's not that popular, but I love Sacramento's draft. I loved the Davion Mitchell pick to help their defense. They clearly doubled down on defense, and they said, hey, this is a real need, and it's actually holding us back. Because Sacramento wasn't horrible this year. They were a little bit near the mediocre line and probably actually at that mediocre line and that was with the worst defense in the league if they address it like i found nemias keita to be the guy who's going to come in and replace the Whiteside's white empty minutes that was a great pick davion mitchell sure you can argue the backcourt is a bit crowded but the backcourt is never going to miss a beat now. De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, and potentially Buddy Heald. That's a very solid guard core that they can complement each other in multiple ways. So I really liked that. And then obviously I touched on Orlando. Even though I didn't like that they sold the 33rd pick for pennies, um, I thought that Franz and Suggs was just the steal of the draft. So um, when I come back, I'm going to preview a little bit of summer league and then also talk about what I expect the Magic and Mavs Summer League roster to look like and and what I thought more deep dive of what they did on draft night, both in the 60 picks and after since the Mavs don't have a selection. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain and parts store to stock all the parts you need. So you can save time and money using Rock Auto. And why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business, saving do-it-yourselfers um, for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer, for you, me, it doesn't really matter. It's for the same. It's reliable for everyone. They have everything you can need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your car um, that you need today. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write "Locked On" and there'll be two words L-O-C-K-E-D space O-N in their How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Welcome back to Locked on NBA Draft. Again, my name is Richard Stamen. For this second portion of the show, I'm going to just do a little bit deeper of a breakdown into what the Mavs and Magic did. You know, I am Mavs slash Magic Draft. If you don't know, I'm a big fan of both. I grew up uh, first actually an Orlando fan because I'm from Orlando, and then I moved to Dallas when I was a kid. Really couldn't decide on keeping one or the other as a team to root for, so I decided to go with both, like any sane person would do. So... The Orlando Magic, I'll start with them. I, you've heard me already talk. I absolutely love what they did in the draft. They got Jalen Suggs. That was a gift. Like, Thank you, Toronto, for giving the Orlando Magic the steal of the draft. He was my third-ranked player for a lot of the year. He was my number two. I think, you know, if you can listen to my episode about him, I did a full scouting report. You can find my scouting report at matchdraft.com. You can see any of the videos I put on Twitter. But my... My favorite thing about him is that he played with two guards at Gonzaga, and I think that really hid his overall upside. We saw what the floor looks like, and I think his floor is very high, but I think it tricked people into thinking that he was just a floor guy um, and not an upside guy. So I think that's something that's really slept on. My hot take is that I think he'll be the second best player on the Magic this year, number one being either Jonathan Isaac or Chuma Okiki. I'd be pretty shocked if it's Okiki, uh, but I'd be very pleasantly surprised. But, I mean, Suggs should be a top three player on the team this year, despite even the roster um, kind of congestion at guard. You know, you have Markel Fultz, you have Jalen Suggs, you have Cole Anthony, you have RJ Hampton, and they'll probably need a veteran point guard in there, too. I doubt that it's going to be their whole court, everyone under 24 years old. So I'd be pretty surprised, but it's a pretty stacked position. They'll probably, like I said, get someone who is hanging by a thread and, uh, and is looking to be a mentor, potentially, and fill that role. Um, but for Jalen Suggs, it doesn't really matter what the congestion looks like. Like he's going to find a way he did it at Gonzaga that backcourt was less than ideal for him. He had a point guard who was very pass first, uh, that couldn't shoot. And then that's Andrew Nemhard. And then he had a point guard who really didn't have much of a jump shot. He didn't have a jump shot off the dribble. So teams could pretty much predictably get him. And he wasn't a great off ball player outside of the corners. So I really like what, um, what Orlando got with Suggs, like his upside is hidden. I've tweeted that a lot. His upside is very hidden, and it's still one of the highest in the class. So don't don't sleep on it. He was my number two player for a while for a reason before I've Mobley unseated him. He's quite the compensation prize for what felt like a loss in the lottery night that really made up for it. We really looked at it and were like, all right, Kaminga's a risk. We'll have to get him, and um, that, that's clearly what it seemed like the Magic were saying. And then they got Jalen Suggs, so I loved that. Franz Wagner, I haven't really talked a lot about him actually on the podcast, but he is a glue guy. Uh, The hope with him, and don't take this, I I beg, please do not twist this, but the hope with Wagner is that you get him to be that connecting guy who does a lot of everything, that he plays the same role in a very light way. He's not even remotely similar to this guy as a player, but the roles as the forward who does a lot, he won't be able to play five like this player does, but You look at Golden State, and you can probably already tell where I'm going with this, in a very, very poor man's form um, of what they want. I think the Magic kind of want him to be that Draymond guy who he's a walking mismatch. Defense is pretty good. Uh, Not going to be able to scale up to the five. I think he has some physical limitations in that regard. But his foot speed is incredible, can switch. Just that ultimate does everything guy. And we've seen the point of this is how valuable someone like that is on a winning team when the magic eventually are not in a rebuilding stage and they're trying to win, which I think this court is very well set up for, by the way, early on, they have a lot of trade pieces. Like, sure. You can look into the guards and go, well, what do they do? You can trade them. It's an easy solution. Franz Wagner is the guy he's going to stick. He's going to be a glue guy. And he at worst is a rotation player off the bench getting that plus Suggs was a win. They really helped their core this year. Um, so going, ending on the magic, this was their summer league roster. I really like what they have. Uh, they're bringing Cole Anthony in. They're bringing Izzy Brasdakis back. Both of those guys are on the roster this year. RJ Hampton also on the roster. Um, Jalen Suggs will be there. Franz Wagner will be there. No Mo Wagner, uh, even though he was on the Magic this last year. And then they brought in a guy who I've done an episode on, Amar Silla, from Belgium uh, in the Senegal. That's, or he's from Senegal also, uh, but he played in Belgium. Really good upside on this roster. They also have Yonte Maiden, a guy who was on the two-way contract with Miami a few years ago. He was an All-SEC member uh, from Georgia when he came out. They have Justin Jackson, not not the one that just won a title in former Mav, but he went to Maryland, pretty good athlete. They got DJ Hogue, who I've actually uh, played against when he was very young at, at the local rec, which is really cool to see but he's a pretty big wing, six nine. He's listed as last, he grows every time I see him uh, listed on this, but he's a pretty modern wing. He just isn't a great athlete, um, but he's someone who can play. They got Hassani Gravett and Taj Eady, two great shooters I've seen uh, Gravett work out over. Um, I saw him actually at the pro basketball combine where Desmond Bain was in, in 2019. And then Taj Eady's a shooter. And then they also got Barry Brown Jr. who is a very quick defender. Um, I'm trying to think of a comp for him from this draft. I'm I'm blanking a little bit, but one of the quick guys who defends but doesn't do a ton elsewhere, Um, maybe some Jose Alvarado in him, someone like that, Um, just a guy who's very fast. Maybe Matt Coleman, I think, is who I'm thinking of. So I really like what they did in summer league. The Mavs, on the other hand, they did not make a selection on draft night. However, they were very quick and active in the draft undrafted free agency they haven't actually officially unveiled the summer league roster at least as the time i'm recording this monday night uh, this is recording just shortly before free agency but as far as i'm concerned the summer league roster hasn't come out however um it looks like these are the guys that we know will be there um there's Devonte schuler someone who i've seen at Ole miss for a few years now after watching terrence davis and um, Ty um uh, Brian Tyree, sorry, I was absolutely blanking on last year's guard, but he got a two-way contract. Devontae Shuler's really quick, can get his shot up. He's a scoring guard, does need to get a little bit better at facilitating. They also got Ferran Hunt. Um, and by the way, Shuler was in my top 100 in the 90s, so I like the gamble. Ferran Hunt was in my top 60, I actually ranked, I think, 52nd. I'm pulling up uh, exactly where I had him, but yes, 52nd is where I had him. He is a freak athlete, probably the second or third best athlete from this 2021 NBA draft. Really improved his jump shot, had a chance to to see some of what that looked like over the offseason. It's much different. If you listen to my episode I did on him, his shot is kind of it was, you know, in season a little bit not fluid. The guide hand just stood there in the back and it was just out of place and it's completely fluid now. It's it's natural. I know he had a lot of workouts with NBA teams and and it's clear he impressed Dallas. So i really like ferron hunt i think he's probably actually the very best chance to stick in this uh, of that summer league court to making a training camp or even two-way contract something like that they also got carlique jones who is someone that i really like also off the court because he's a big sneakerhead like i am but more importantly he is uh, a great defensive interrupter transferred from radford made a big name for himself at louisville he can get his own shot, just needs to tone down the shot selection. Um, he was all ACC. He has thrived everywhere he's been, has never scored under 10 points per game at the college level. So he's really good. Next one was Eugene Omarui someone who I kind of dove into very late in the draft, but um, someone who I liked a little bit more. Good shooter. Really found his way at Oregon after being at Rutgers. Fifth-year guy. He's 24 years old, which immediately sounds scary, but... He only started playing basketball competitively at 20, uh, excuse me, 16. So he's still pretty new 20. He's not a usual 24. He's a raw 24, but he moves off ball very well. Gets just absolutely beautiful mover would fit next to Luca in that regard, but unlikely just because he's inconsistent at just about everything else and, uh, just needs to put some stuff together, but he'll be fun in summer league. And then the last guy is Shawnee state, a D2 school um their product ej onu who is someone that my guy john chepkovich has he found him had really put him on the radar i checked him out and was a big fan he has a 7.9 wingspan stole the heart of mavs fans at 1am on draft night he is a two-way guy that he can both protect the rim he's pretty athletic and he can also stretch out and shoot threes he had a ridiculous call uh, collegiate career his Blocks per game every single year were monstrous. He never had below three. Last year, he had 5.7 blocks per game in 30 minutes. This year, in one less minute, he had Uh, 4.5. It's ridiculous. The guy can shoot also. He took four threes a game this year and shot 40%. The big question is, will it scale up? My answer, who knows? Summer League will be the big answer on that. He'll definitely get minutes. Will he be able to be just what Mo Bamba is? I think that's a win. And I think there's a real, real chance just being a shooter who can just sit in the paint as much as possible and just wreak havoc. So I really like what the Mavs, the Mavs and Magic did um, on draft night. The Mavs did their damage a little bit after the 60th pick, of course, but not getting a pick. But they made some good pickups in undrafted free agency. They were guys that I gave them the green light. I uh, was at four or five in my top 100. So big fan of what the Mavs did on draft night. So when I come back, I'm going to do a quick preview around some other Summer League rosters that I like that have been released so far. Not all of them have come out yet. But um, if you're looking for a place to bet on Summer League, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. Like I said, Summer League's starting up in just one week. So you can get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, UFC, MMA, Olympics, whatever you want, it is there. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news and sign up info and bonuses and everything like that. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code locked on, this time one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and that's locked on. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So actually, as soon as I went to break, the Mavs actually announced their summer league roster. So this feeds perfectly into what I had already planned for and previewed some of the summer league rosters. Um, so for the Mavs, in addition to the names I already hinted at, the new undrafted free agents, they also brought in Devontae Patterson, who was on an Exhibit 10 this last year. Tariq Owens from Texas Tech, he's a pretty big athletic guy, could potentially stretch the floor. And then they also got LJ Figueroa, teammate of Eugene marui and former big um, St. John's player. Needs to work on his jump shot, but he's a good slasher. And then they also are putting in Tyrell Terry, Josh Green, and Nate Hinton as well. So those are some of the returners. And then lastly, Robert Franks is uh, going to be joining the team. He was someone who I loved in 2019. Excuse me. He was a great shooter at Washington State really just clean form, hasn't really found that success in most of the NBA levels, not really much in the G League, not much with the Magic last year. So I think this could be a really big chance for him to show, hey, that shot is there and it will translate. And this is probably one of his last chances. So hopefully he hangs on and and can hit. But to preview some of the other ones, I'm going to just go down. I I searched Summer League roster on Twitter. So whatever order I find it is what I'm going to do. So as I said earlier, I'm going to do start with Philly. Philip Petrusev is going to be stashed, but he's actually going to play in summer league. I think he's going to make a big name for himself. They, the Sixers, also are bringing in Tyrese Maxey, Isaiah Joe. Both of them probably won't play much. Generally, the rule is if you were, uh, you know, if you played some minutes at least, you're probably not going to play many in summer leagues. You're just too good. They're also bringing in Jaden Springer, Ray John Tucker, one of the most athletic players in the entire league, Charles Bassey, Aaron Henry, Dacian Nix, Mitch Ballack. That's a premium class of undrafted free agents. They also got Paul Reed, who was the G League MVP, and one of the steals of the draft by that alone. And then they're bringing in Charles Matthews, who was a guy who I believe he tore his ACL right before the draft or right after the draft. And he was a dog on defense when he was with Michigan um he is just one of the better defenders he'll be really fun to watch braxton key really fun uh, guy to watch as well on both ends just kind of a, a an intelligent basketball player who has stuck because of that intelligence so philly's a really fun team to watch i would recommend watching them next one is the la lakers you really can't go wrong lakers are always going to get some big names so they got um, Austin Reeves from Oklahoma, really good shot creator. I've talked about him a little bit on here. Having two of his his two best games of his life came against TCU, and um, the game against TCU as a Ju- or, excuse me as a sophomore, uh, I believe it was 2020. It was one of the last games before the world shut down. He spoiled the uh, TCU senior day 40 pointer and came back and one, hit a buzzer beater, and won the game. They also got Alan Griffin, a guy who I liked this year at Syracuse, really needs to work on his basketball IQ and maturity, but he's really skilled, outstanding defensive player. Like sure, the zone favors him a lot, but he got a ridiculous number of blocks and steals where it's something to hang on to. His shot selection is not that great, but offensively he has talent. They also got Joel Ayayi, someone who I've done a breakdown on uh, and talked about a little bit earlier. Chondy Brown from Michigan, he's a shooter. And then uh, Yoeli Childs from BYU is a guy from last year's draft. He is uh, a post-minded four is pretty much the summary on him. So they've got a decent team. They also got Trevlin Queen and then Matt McClung, who is the ultimate. Um, has I've never seen someone with a bigger green light than him. Uh, the next one is going to be Charlotte. I... I'm a big fan of the last few years of what Charlotte has done. So I like the Grant Riller addition they made last year. He kind of struggled in the G League, but Summer League could be good for him. Xavier Sneed was a guy who I also saw in 2019 at the Pro Basketball Combine. Really great athlete, good shooter, but the shot is very slow and defensive upside. He did pretty well in Canada while he was playing pro recently and then got the call from Charlotte to play in the Summer League, so he stopped playing. And then they've also got Scotty Lewis, another freak athlete on the wings uh, that's a monster defender, Kai Jones. They got Nate Darling, one of the better shooters from last year's class. DJ Carden, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I've tweeted a lot about him. Super athletic slasher, point guard, but needs to get better at everything else. Vernon Carey, and then James Booknight. They got LeAngelo Ball, but he's not a legit NBA player, so that's really not even worth talking about. And then Nick Richards as well. So I like the Hornets roster a lot. They have a chance to make a lot of noise. There's a lot of these teams where I'm just a big fan of uh, of the rosters and think that, hey, like these, these are teams that can really do something. So next one is New York Knicks. They also are bringing over one of their stash guys in Rokas Jok- uh, Yokubaitis. He is a pretty skilled offensive-minded point guard. Uh, he'll make a lot of noise. He is a very sound basketball player. There's a the reason he went so high. He was a draft Twitter favorite. Really good. I'd love to see him throwing those lobs to Jericho Sims and Obi Toppin. Both will be playing for the New York Knicks. A couple other guys that uh, that I know a good amount about. MJ Walker, also kind of that green light guy. Emmanuel Quickly is playing. I think he's probably going to be the best player, um, honestly, in the entire summer league outside of the rookies. Um, excuse me. So I guess pretty much not um, a rookie. Of the, of the players who have played, he's the best player. And usually those guys don't actually play the whole thing. So then they also got Kevin Knox. Quentin Grimes, Tyler Hall, who's a light south shooter, should be on an NBA roster. Miles McBride, Quentin Rose, he's a tall ball handler with great defensive awareness. And they brought back Wayne Selden to the NBA, if you remember him. So a couple more, and then uh, these were the ones that I like as well. So I know I said some negative things about Memphis. I'm going to bring it back and keep it positive. So. I really like their roster. Desmond Bain's going to be playing in it. Another guy I don't see lasting long. Keaton Wallace, one of my absolute favorite sleepers from this entire draft class. He was listed as 6'3". I had heard he was like 6'4", 6'5", as a wing, but him being a guard at that size kind of hurts. But 3 and D, really good passer, high motor. They've also got Xavier Tillman, Killian Tolley, Yves Pons, Ben Moore. Sean McDermott, John Conchar, they've got a lot of talent on this roster. Um, If they all play, that's a team that really could make some noise and honestly be one of the summer league favorites. So those are some of the teams that I really like that at least have made their um, summer league rosters public. But I really like those. Those are probably the teams that I would say, hey, if you have a chance, go ahead and watch those. So that'll conclude this episode. Before the summer league starts, I cannot recommend if you are interested in betting on the summer league. I know Locked on Bets will have you covered. That's hosted by your boy Q and handicap expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. So follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Thank you so much and can't wait to see you all next week um, as kind of can start recapping some of what Summer League has been like. Thanks and have a great day.